0: Wow. It has been a long time since we've done a podcast. Uh, this is Dave Robinson with the Montrose Group. I've got Nate Green and Jamie Byard Grant. It's been so long, Nate, we had to bring Jamie in.
1: That's right. Well, <laughs> she keeps us, I mean, Jamie keeps us focused in a line, right? So that's why we're doing the podcast now.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, we, need, we just needed the extra attention.
2: Let's just be honest. I i lost control a long time ago.
1: Yeah, you probably
0: I, I don't know that control. I
2: never had it. I know yeah, I don't know that I never.
0: Right. Oh my God. I mean, it's like the ship's just rudderless at this point. Rudderless.
1: <laughs> yeah, but well, well, we're Dave. I think it's been, I think we have not done a podcast for at least a month. Oh, maybe longer I don't know eight. how our it's-
2: listeners have survived.
1: Well, I was I, gonna I'm, say, Jamie, that our lo- our loyal listener. It's been so long
2: that our loyal listener hasn't <laughs> yeah. even
1: asked us when the next podcast is going to be. He's so, giving
0: up hope. Man, He's given,
1: kind of hope.
2: Right? Gonna He's given up hope. We're going to have
0: to tell it. He's completely up.
1: He, he isn't even, he isn't even listening anymore. Well, they, I, know.
2: I mean, did they even ask if we were still okay? Oh,
0: well, no, they've seen us. They, you know, they, they check yeah. in with us. I mean, they, they just have kind of given up that, um, you know, we'll actually. We'll produce a know.
1: podcast. It'll pump. It'll pop up on their, you know. Oh, Apple
0: no, no. Well, on their Apple. Podcast, I tell them. And I they'll tell they'll them every slides. time it's coming out. So you know, again, we've got the podcast is back. Uh, the great <laughs> development debate. So today we're going to talk about, uh, I think, a really interesting topic, and it gets back to um, what in an economic development parlance is really called placemaking. You know, ultimately, it is a um, you know, it's a quality of life approach economic development, and um, you know, we see it as being a bigger and bigger and more important approach uh, than than it, than it was just a couple of years ago. Um, if you look at um, you know this entire baby boom generation retiring, running to retirement, quite frankly, uh, you know, with COVID and and you know, dodging the world of Zoom meetings, um, the growth of the knowledge worker and that. That that tech worker uh, that quite frankly, because of technology, can do their job anywhere. Then you add in the whole work from home, uh, you know, work from home movement that is just, um, you know, again, every person in a larger company that I, that I talk to, uh, the numbers anywhere from thirty to seventy percent of their workforce is going to be full time or part time work from home. And, you know, we had got together the last week with a, with a really successful, uh, you know, company here in Columbus. And before COVID, they were growing so much, they literally have a new office building that they were getting ready to propose office sharing because they literally had no more room. And then COVID hit, and now they literally have uh, 38% of their workers that are full-time work from home, do not have any connection to the office physical connection. And then another 45% are partial work from home or maybe a day or two a week uh, they come in. So it is, uh, it, it it just, you know, again, it creates a little bit of a threat to the office market. There's no doubt about it. A big story in the wall street journal today about big cities really struggling to get, to get workers back in the office. Um, But it also creates an opportunity for communities large and small that if they can really focus on their quality of life and really build um, cool places to, you know, live, work and play, uh, I think they've got, you know, really kind of a, a great opportunity. So
1: yeah, and in I our world, that's kind uh,
0: of placemaking.
1: It is placemaking. And I think you, yeah. you mentioned it being part of quality of life. I think one of the interesting things too, uh, um, you know, if you look at it through the corporate site location trend, quality of life, I mean, it's, it's it's something that's been talked about for a long time, and it's surveyed, you know, uh, by site selection consultants, or I'm sorry, by magazines like Site Selection Magazine and Area Development. And what's interesting is um, it it's it has made it it has made the top ten as an issue for site selection consultants, but also for um, uh, executives that are making those decisions. It's in the top ten now. Uh, it's, it's, mm-hmm. you know, sixth or seventh on the list is the most, most important thing, but what's you, what's interesting about that is if, you know, 20 years ago, it was barely in the top 20 quality of life, right, right? right. now, yeah. uh, I think Dave, based on a lot of what you're talking about, work from home, where people want to live and work, um, that, that has changed the dynamic of why companies even look for where they're going to mm-hmm. choose to locate, uh, that has, that has definitely changed.
2: Yeah, and I would also add to that, Nate. If you look at those that top ten list of site selection um, criteria, you know, workforce was always in the top five, but I mean, it's it's really moved up, top one, two, maybe three, depending on the market that you're looking in. And when you think about placemaking and quality of life, it's about workforce and density. You know, density of that workforce too, and and so. It weaves into it. may be in the top ten, maybe it's six, seven, or eight on that list. But it really is such it. It, it encompasses everything that's you know, like workforce, like crime, like you know, transportation and infrastructure assets. All of those have kind of those definitions have even changed a little bit in in what they mean to the site selection process.
0: Right. Exactly. Well, that's exactly. And right. and, and you know, again, I I, I think uh, it it's going to mean different things to different places if. Mm-hmm. If your mission in life is to try and be a leader in electric battery production and you need to get sites developed and figure out, you know, water and sewer and electric and, you know, all, all those sorts of issues, quality of life matters, but it may not be the prime, yep. you know, moving factor. Um, but, uh, you know, at the same time, you've got, uh, again, you know, we, we look at rural communities and it's a great opportunity for them. They've oh, got huge. affordable yeah. housing. They've got, yeah. you know, great small communities. Um, they've you got, know, so they've again, got, I mean, a lot of times,
1: Dave, they've got, we're going to talk about it a little bit more, but they have downtown still uh, mm-hmm. where a, lot of, a yep. lot of suburban communities and exurban communities don't have those, but the, but the rural communities have them because they were, they were built 150 years ago when there was, that was where everything took place. All the commerce mm-hmm. took place.
0: Well, you know, and again, the, the, the definition of, of placemaking, um, you know, we, we generally tend to point to what the International Economic Development Council, the IEDC, yep. defines it as really the practice of enhancing a community's assets to improve its overall attractiveness and livability. So a, a lot of times people, people see placemaking as just a project. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is not certainly the approach we take. I think projects are are part of it but I don't think that people should think if they build uh, a bike path or they build uh, a park or they build some retail or housing or redevelop their you know historic theater that just that one thing is going to do it I think it's got to be a a holistic thoughtful approach that probably has several of those projects kind of uh, kind of wound together
1: yeah well it is It's it's a It's a it's a it's a system, right? It's a system of um, of quality of life. It's not just one thing. Okay. You're not going to get quality of life by having just a pool, or by having a park, or by having trails, um, or by having a unique downtown, or having the right housing. But you're you're if you pull all those together, and you have low crime rates, and and um, you know low poverty rates, all of those things pulled together mean that you're going to have a higher quality of life index, and it's going to uh, mean more that mean that you have a uh, a better place and people want to live there. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, and and again, how you how you measure it, um, to me, that's really the the interesting part. We are we're building a building a quality of life index that we're we're going to be able to use and measure with with communities to kind of look at some of the critical uh, demographic and economic factors. Again, it's it's in our mind both. Right. And it, it may in fact rely more on demographics than it does um you know on those traditional industry cluster uh and that's, you know growth of market I think would be would still be part of it. But um it, it's it's gonna be on but it's also quite frankly tough issues. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, it may seem challenging when you're in the middle of a uh city council hearing to to get a tax incentive done, but um Try going into a major city and talk, figuring out how to reduce crime. Yeah. You know, uh, housing. You know, we have a substantial shortage in, in many parts of the United States, both growing and, and slow to no growth markets. They, we, we can't get enough housing built, you know, for, for a whole range of reasons. Um, you know, it's, it could be that the market isn't there. From a financial standpoint, companies can't get the financing. It could be communities uh, don't want a certain type of housing and, and do mm-hmm. everything they can um, from a land use and entitlement and public finance standpoint to fight it. Yeah. So it is, it's, um, uh, you know, I, I, I think that, um, you know, those demographic measures are, are critical. Um, you know, what we've kind of looked at, is is obviously, uh, you know, is is that, uh, you know, how are you doing on crime? How are you doing on, um, you know, workforce housing? W- what are health statistics? I mean, COVID is, you know. Uh, uh, Dave, I, you know. I, well,
1: let me, you, you talked about housing. It's not just housing. Yeah. It's not just workforce housing. It's how are you doing on all housing? How are you doing on single family homes? How are you doing on multifamily for young people? How are you doing on the workforce for people to afford that, um, mm-hmm. you know, they, they may be young, they may be old, but people that can't have a lower income. I mean, they, right. I think that that's um, one of the things. But anyway, I just want to jump in there right? uh, as you were going through that list.
0: Yeah, no, no, absolutely. You, you, you need that mix because you have a mix for your population. Uh, um, yeah. You know, we've really seen it in, I think, communities, uh, a lot of communities, you know, wrongheadedly fighting uh, multifamily. You know, yeah. I think they at times equate multifamily with poor people. Right.
1: Unfortunately, and you're right.
0: Yep. And the reality is, in in you know what's going on with millennials and mm-hmm. Gen Z and this younger generation is apartments mean young people. Yeah. So yeah. ironically, the communities that are older and are struggling because uh, they're older and don't have as active of a working age population generating a bunch of taxes um will complain about that lack of growth and then at the same time do everything they can to fight the housing option that 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 worker is going to want yeah and um and it's it's just a you know again it's maybe because you know we have battle scars for for you know fighting at the at the local level for this stuff but it's just getting harder and harder to get those those types of projects done. I don't, I don't care, uh, you know, big city, small city, um, you know, whatever it is, it is, uh, you know, it's just a challenge out there. Yeah,
2: it is. And it's I think cool. on housing too, it's, you know, it's even looking at having a good mix of all of those options because we may be wanting to a- attract the younger workforce or, or the next generation of talent to our community who really wants to live in a townhome. But we also have those empty nesters that are moving out. And that population who's moving into the empty nester phase is growing. You know, they don't need a single family home. Maybe they need they want a town home. So you want to keep right. them in your community. And by opening up single family homes, then you're able to kind of allow those, you know, those younger families who are looking to set their roots down and move from a townhome into single family, you know, it opens up that market. So it's really about you know it's really about the the full scale or the full cycle of, of the housing market in your community and and if you have something like that in place to um you know to be able to attract residents different. and yeah. yeah and accommodate, accommodate everyone the, through the yeah, different right. cycles right. mm-hmm. all different kinds of yeah
0: yeah you know so uh, again crime housing um health you know looking at tough issues like life expectancy what is you know what what are your you know, when COVID was kind of hopping, what, what are your COVID, uh, uh, you know, vaccination rates? I mean, stuff that quite frankly, a lot of people don't want to talk about. Um, then, you know, then you got the hot topic of education. How yeah. good are your schools? You know, you want to talk about a, a, a tough topic. Um, how do your schools compare to, to, uh, you know, other schools? The rest I mean, of the other schools in your region. Yeah, how do they
1: compare on those when they do those report cards for the state. I mean, those are all things when people look to move or when companies look to locate, they're gonna look at the education of the people that are there. That the how do yeah. the high, high school graduates compare to other places? How do the do those high school graduates do they produce a significant number of people that go to college? Do they produce people that can go on and, and work in these um you know, maybe production facilities or e-commerce centers or whatever. I mean, it is mm-hmm. that is it is it, that's a tough topic and it's tough to uh, tough to kind of talk about publicly if, if you're if your town is not uh, in a great position. But there's also things you can do to to help address those. But that is a huge part of the what makes a place is education. You know, people mm-hmm. asso- associate where they live a lot of times with their school, um, which is great. Uh, and so it it makes that place, but it also, um, is a big part of, uh, if your place is going to grow, um, based on the, the, the
0: quality of the schools. Right. Um, and, and as well on the education front, it's, it's, you know, how educated is your population and does that align a lot of times with what a company's looking for? Mm -hmm. If, if your goal is to attract a bunch of tech workers and, and have a, work from home environment um what's your percentage of college graduates and that's a tough question sometimes especially in rural markets uh where you know most of their if their young people go to college they they tend to not come back home because they follow jobs in in urban centers right um you you know or, or you know what where what are the you know is so is that a bachelor degree measure is that Tech certificates, you know, so education doesn't just mean the quality of the schools, but where are you with your workforce?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Agreed.
0: Um, you know, and then I think the final measure really gets down to to you know the economic piece. And that is that's more kind of the traditional um, you know, economic analysis that that we would do for a company looking at a region or or that Jamie would do for a community doing a plan you know where is your personal income growing right you know are you are the people there actually um you know how they compare to you know to other like regions are they are they are they making more money what's your small business startup like are you are you a region that is successful with um um you know with with what's going on from a small business standpoint So. Um, and, and you know, again, you you obviously can throw in GDP measures. You can throw in other larger um, kind of what we'll call macroeconomic. Is is the region growing? Uh, again, um, it's part of the analysis. It's not the whole analysis. Uh, if if we were again looking to do a, a a big manufacturing facility, it would probably be a a more important. Aspect of the analysis, you know, because most of these companies are going to want to locate in growing regions because growing regions attract people, uh, you know, who become workers so that so that is part of it, but it, it is, um, you know, it's certainly not all of it.
2: I think, you know, another thing, too, is is philanthropic activity in communities, it can be large and small, you know, some of those philanthropic investments go back to various quality of life measures. But, you know, they also you see, you know, banks, you see utility companies, and, you know, other community foundations that are saying, hey, how do we set aside money for entrepreneurial growth for small business loans for um, it, you know, alternate routes of transportation in order to, you know, create more walkability or bikeability to, you know, enhance uh, workforce access to job centers. I mean, all of those Mm -hmm. sorts of things. So I, you know, philanthropic activity can mean a lot of different things, but how is it being used in communities to really enhance quality of life and, and economic and workforce development?
0: Right.
1: Yep. Yep. Absolutely. You're right. And Jamie, I think one of the Uh, It is, it's, it's, it's one of the points we look at is wealth. And I think wealth is that, you know, you can measure that partly by the philanthropic efforts, how much is invested in their community foundation versus other places. Mm -hmm. Um, What are the assets that are, that are in, that are in banks, you know, how much uh, money is in the, in the, in the local banks and and that helps um, determine whether they can fund a lot of those quality of life things that we've talked about. Um, whether they can help fund, whether it's housing, whether they can help fund um, those housing efforts. I think of a place like Van Wert, right? Like Van Wert um, is a rural area. It is historically a manufacturing ag community. They have a significant amount of philanthropic assets, which helps their quality of life. They have that performing arts center. They're redoing their downtown. And if you looked at their the amount of money that's that's invested in banks there, you find out that they have, there's a lot of assets there because people are investing uh, locally, whether it's in businesses or downtown. So I do think that's a significant, significant part of the quality of life index, as, as you mentioned.
0: Well, we're going to talk a lot about place banking and quality of life uh, over the next couple of weeks. I don't, I don't want to give away everything, Nate. I don't, you know, because our <laughs> loyal listener, uh, I mean, you know, we, at the same time, we got time, to we don't keep don't them coming me. back, Dave. We well, keep I want him coming, coming back. back, but you know, a lot of times he listens when he's on his walks, and I don't want him getting lost. Uh, just For so reason. immersed. So immersed, he, you know. Great... I want him to realize, you know, he probably went a little too far.
1: <laughs> so that he walks eight miles <laughs> instead of just, you know, two.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So right. but you're I think, think right. uh I think that's a good discussion today. I yeah. think we can uh, you know, certainly wrap it up it was always exciting to have jamie you know to it's add a little exciting. class uh, class, to and distinction. Division, class, and class distinction, and distinction to, to, otherwise. The, to the discussion yes it's made I... a lot of times jamie he goes right for the gutter it's just terrible <laughs> i mean the the editing we have to do is incredible oh it's in... incredible
2: Pro. Well, hopefully you—you know—I—I I lifted you out of the gutter a little bit, but I'm—I'm I'm kind of feeling like maybe you know, maybe I was pulled a little bit closer to the gutter today too. Uh, so yeah, you know, are you, know, you it? saying, it's about are you saying, amb- Jamie, you know, that
1: we're find- that we're the problem? Is that what you're saying? We're Jamie, the issue? Dad, we, pull you we pull you not down. Not that, no, that, no. Is,
0: that is the absolute danger of that, isn't it? But you deal yes. with that. Down- How long you been working with us? Three years, two years, whatever it is. Three three years,
2: but you know, in in COVID years, it's like ten, nine, ten. 10. So (laughs) yeah. 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 Yeah, No, uh, no,
0: as as Nate liked to say, it's only been seven or eight years. It just feels like 15. So we, I understand (laughs) completely, but that's it. I love it. it That's it for today. That's it for the podcast. This was a great discussion. And do something productive. And, but we appreciate everyone listening and we promise we'll be back soon. everyone have a great day thanks
1: to learn more about the Montrose Group services
0: please visit montrosegroupllc.com